Good evening, everyone. Any questions? Yes. About what? Mm. First of all, we, we we did speak a bit about suhrati, or the uh, love of the friend, and this, as I mentioned, is, is is appears as an afterthought of Rupa Goswami in his chapter in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu on on Stayibhav, the different types of dominant emotions that really define a devotee in terms of their relationship with Krishna. So he's explaining that the uh, the, for example, the Braj Lokas all Krishna-centered, and uh, and the angle from which the center uh, in goes on is 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 diverse. So there's Sakirati and Patsalarati, Madurati, and so forth. Hmm? And and each of those have de- developments as well. And so he goes into those. Um, and covers the topic of stayibhav. Stayibhav is again the dominant emotion that really defines the person hmm? as a friend, lover, and so on and so forth. And so, again, the question uh, seems to have arisen in Rupa Goswami's mind that someone may think you're speaking about the nature of love and how it is all Krishna-centered, but how do they relate to one another? Hmm? And so he offers this idea, suhritrati, and it's uh, considered a sanchari. Sanchari bhav is different than a stai bhav. A sanchari bhav doesn't define the devotee, but it um, it augments the devotee's relationship with Krishna. Hmm? And it's transient by nature. It comes and it goes. So, for example, in Sakyarasa, which defines a devotee as a friend of Krishna, as you 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 find um, other emotions within the defining emotion of friendship that don't have the power to define a person unto themselves, unto the, the emotions unto themselves, but they have an influence and they show up 
at the same time and augment uh, the, uh, the dominant emotion that defines the devotee. Hmm? And so uh, they come and they go. Hmm? And there's another whole other chapter on Sanchari Bhavs. When Rupa Goswami begins to describe bhakti rasa, then he de- de- describes the different ingredients that make up rasa: vibhavs, sanchari bhavs, dai bhavs, sattvika bhavs, uh, and so on. So, a chapter on each. Um, and in the chapter on sanchari bhavs, he lists thirty-three of them. Some of them apply to the sakya. Bhav and some to the Madhurya Bhav and some to the Bhatsali Bhav and so on and so forth. This one, however, again he mentions at near the end of his chapter on Stai Bhav, so kind of a little bit out of place. Hmm? It belongs technically in the, in the, in the Sanchari Bhav chapter, but it's the 34th Sanchari. It's kind of different and it's in a world of its own. Um, so to speak, um, somewhere it kind of hovers between being a sanchari and being a stai. So different acharis have commented on different in different ways. Jiva Goswami says it's a special sanchari. Vishwanath Chakravarti says it's not a sanchari or a stai. It's uh, um, well, I should say that that uh, there's in the in the dis- describing the the the, the, the surit rati which means love of the friend. So, love of one devotee for another devotee as compared to love of one devotee for Krishna. And he says sometimes the love for for Krishna will be more than the love for the friend or sometimes they'll be equal. Or in special cases, the love for the friend will be more than the love for Krishna. That's in a special category as well. He calls that babulas. Vishwana hmm? says, it's not a sahi, it's not a... It's not a Sanchari, it's babalas, it's its own thing. So whether it be babalas or whether it be a sanchari, these are technical terms, obviously, but uh, in either case, they speaking about the love of one devotee for another devotee. Hmm? This would appear to be prominent in, in Raghunuga Bhakti, which is about following a devotee. Hmm? So, and there's a lot of room for this idea there, uh, loving the devotee as much, at least equally, hmm? if not more, which is a very special case. But at any rate, I only bring this up again and speak a little bit technically about it to make an overarching point that what's being talked about here in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu in this section, is love of the friend, love from between one devotee and another, but it is on the platform of rasa, hmm? in Bhakti Rasa. Hmm? So, uh, sadhakas, practitioner devotees, which is what you're talking about, they don't have rati. Hmm? They don't have any rati. Hmm? So, at the same time, we can kind of play that out hmm, on on the sadhaka level, in a sense that every sadhaka is trying to serve their guru and Krishna, and then they have other devotees also in their in their lives, who they have friendships with and who inspire them and 
in that way assist them in their sadhana. So it you know, it it plays out. We 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 it's kind of like some kind of shadow or something of of these higher ideas in the world of Rasananda. Hmm? And um it's uh, in the the realm of sadhana devotees are practitioners practice makes perfect and so they're kind of going through the motions if you will the emotive component of bhakti has not really bhava has not really manifest there's the physical going through the motions but the bhava Bhakti is, has both components, an active component and an emotive component. Hmm? Um, in in bhava and in prem, then there's there's activity also, but it's a, it's also a kind of bhava. In effect, the activity becomes one with it, with emot- the emotive side. Hmm? Um, in sadhana. It's kind of the opposite. There's there's movement, but the emotional feeling and ecstasy is lacking. Now we may certainly get glimpses of ecstasy and reflections of bhava, um, shadows of this from good association in our practice, and and so on and so forth. But we know there's a steady development through different stages, and there's a learning curve, and there's steadiness, which we talked about the other day, and there's taste, where the medicine becomes the food, and there's a t- becomes attachment to Krishna. As opposed to attachment to things, which create an identity, um, materially speaking, um, and having developed asakti attachment for Krishna, one enters into bhakti in ecstasy, and then these terms have more relevance, and your friends won't go away. <laughs> uh, so, prior to that, or prior to nishta, hmm, that stage within sadhana bhakti. Then shraddha, which is the kind of, it's the shraddha means faith, which is what gives an eligibility to tread the path, in which, in a sense, deepening of and developing of is what the different stages are, are constituted of. Faith, in this sense, as I'm defining it or describing it, is a very tangible thing. It's experience. And so, Sridhar Marsh, for example, used to call, refer to the subjective world as planets of faith. Hmm? Um, Inasmuch as faith is said in the Gita to be the animating principle in life. Shraddho ayam purushaha. A person is defined by their faith. By their faith, so they move accordingly. If we have faith in something, then, then we, we uh, go down that path, so to speak. And um, as much as there's suspicion, then we enter in some type of suspension or uh, hold. Hmm? So, um, in speaking about the spiritual world as a land of faith, world of faith, hmm? by comparison here we live in a world of doubt. No doubt. We have doubts. We have questions. We, we, are, we are cautious in our movement. We're not moving freely and happily. Faith is sometimes here in this world of doubt, thought to be um, absence of reason, but reason is also the function of doubting. (laughs) 
So we could say, yes, faith is absence of reason. It's the absence of doubting. One knows without having to reason about it and uh, and therefore moves moves freely. We give it a positive uh, uh, explanation in that way. Uh, so, um, again, we, uh, the idea, love knows no reason. So if we want a world of love, then it has to be... Uh, that's a good idea. It's a reasonable idea, but the world itself will be um, not guided by reason, or it will not proceed. Life will not proceed there with caution. Hmm? At home, we move freely, hmm? and we have different names for one another that we don't say in public, and we, and and. and Everything is relaxed and, and, and so on and so forth. Imagine a whole world like that, you see, <laughs> just to give you some idea. Hmm? A whole world like that with everybody at all times. No defenses up. Hmm? Hmm? No wondering how I'll be perceived and, and, and so on and so forth. We don't think like that with our partner, how I'll be perceived. You know, we just, you know, there we are <laughs> in our nakedness or whatever. You know, we are what we are. So, a world like that. This is some gives some idea of what what we're our ideal is. So it's appropriate in a sense to describe it as a place of faith, in as much as as I say, faith is an animating principle, and the place is fully moving. It's always in motion. It's moving. The walking is dancing. The talking is singing. It, it's 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 described like this. As if to say, it's it's constantly moving and harmoniously and happily and. What must be the singing? If the if the walking, if the talking is singing, what must be the walking? If the walk, the dancing, if the walking is dancing, and this guy, a very animated hmm, um, uh, realm of all, all possibilities, something like this, um, and and the movement is unrestricted. Is the point when we say, well, if all the walking is dancing, what must be the dancing? What we're trying to say by the, these kind of statements is. It's not restricted by reason, hmm? by doubt, by thinking first and then moving. Hmm? Imagine thinking being out of the way. It's hard to... We think thinking is the way. <laughs> if it doesn't fit between the ears, then maybe we shouldn't accept it, something like that. But we don't fit between the ears. Hmm? And, and that, that's good. Um, but to realize that and the implications of that, um, um, there's some that requires some culture, and it is a culture of faith. So we meet somebody with some experience from there, and it's compelling. We think there's there's hope, there's prospect. This is, this is and there's some effort to explain about it, talk about it, put it into words, put it into reason, if you will, and speak our language, and, and so translate it from love, which is the language of that realm, into reason, hmm, that it might um, uh, arrest us for, the, for a moment and then hmm, in its own time retire our reason. Whoa, we're not sure about that, but keep, keep going. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. Hmm. So, such a realm. Hmm, this... Uh, is our idea, land of spiritual uh, e- emotion, planets of faith, 
Ram faith, Krishna faith, hmm? uh, Sakya faith, Madhurya faith, hmm? uh, like this. So, in, meanwhile, you know, we, in the sadhana stage, then we hear about these things. We, we, so we're encouraged by the idea. We see some example, and we kind of go through the motions, so to speak. Sometimes we get some inspiration, some feeling, some some semblance of of bhava, and we know is I want this. This I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, that's why I'm here, and so forth. Hmm? But still, in that stage, in the early stages in particular, there's ups and downs. Like I said, every sadhaka, every devotee friend you know is not even nishta, fixed in their practice. So there appears to be... So it's hard to make friends then that are Krishna-centered hmm, unless the friends and ourselves only to the extent that we're Krishna-centered ourselves. The more we are, the more the semblance of this, what we're talking about, love of the friend, that's enduring and so rich and meaningful, the more it, uh, you know, we come in the direction of really experiencing what that's about. So it's a very high ideal, what's being described there in Bhakti Rasa. And there's some, we can draw from that some ideas, hmm? Um, with regard to relating with one another and so forth. And we see practically that there's strength in numbers, other devotees can help us. We, we are advised to take it on a lower level. We are advised by Rupa Goswami to seek association that is, uh, what is it? Snigdasya. Hmm. Sajatiya snigdasya. Swajatiya snigdasya. Swajatiya means, swajatiya means like-minded. So, um, among devotees, everyone's not like-minded. They're not like-minded in terms of their background, necessarily. Hmm? They may not be like-minded in terms of their ideal. Hmm? They may be those like-minded for Madhurya Rasa, like-minded for Sakya Rasa. So the different levels of like-mindedness Hmm? and it will play out in time. Hmm? Um, but on a, the very lower, lowest level, there's kind of a like-mindedness based on background, which is material. Some scars, and, uh, and some people are, well, they come from different backgrounds. That's the, the, the interest, an interesting you know, thing about bhakti. We could form an association of persons who are like-minded, materially speaking, say, liberal, social, progressive, or conservative, whatever else you want to call them, I don't know, you know, that side. So that, you know, that you can form an association with people on either side, just to give an example. Hmm? Um, but that will be the center of what that association is about. If we make bhakti the center, which is so much more significant... And which has then we have to expect that people from all both backgrounds will come, both sides will come. Just to use that example, and, and other backgrounds, hmm? we become frustrated because oh, there's this kind of person here, and I'm this kind of person, and and I wouldn't associate with this person. Well, okay, then we want to take bhakti out of the picture. No, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so that's the bhakti is supposed to, if we approach it properly. 
give us the understanding, the, the power, the commitment, the ideal to rise above these backgrounds that are diverse and different and so forth. Still, we have to be practical. So within that, this swajatiya on a very low level, like-mindedness will have some application so that some devotee will gel with more naturally hmm, than perhaps others. And it just and, and that's true for everybody in different ways. Hmm? And so in the very beginning stage then, we may get more strength from devotees of a like-mindedness, materially speaking. Hmm? Um, that's half the equation, like-mindedness. But we, I think we, it would be difficult to get a like-mindedness, materially speaking, exclusively. Hmm? without making a chance of, of making offense to other devotees of different backgrounds and, 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 and so forth, and without any then um, necessity, if you will, to, or opportunity to see any to rise above. Hmm? And you may over-identify with your social background and then identify yourself more as a conservative hawk um, you know, type of person or liberal, contentless, you know, person. <laughs> also, also possible. Um, so you you y- y- you really want to identify in in a in a higher sense, in a sadhaka sense, with I'm a sadhaka, I'm a devotee, and and especially you know we come through the grace of Nityananda Prabhu and appearing in, in an empowered way. If through Prabhupada and bringing people from you know all kinds of backgrounds, it's it can be trying at at times, but um, we need to try, <laughs> try to rise above our conditioning, hmm? and um, so it's good sometimes to let, let the uh, within reason to be in a situation where the opportunity presents itself. We don't have to go look for it, but uh, and it will present itself. Indeed, even in amongst like-minded persons, it will arise hmm, to some extent because still we're going to have differences. Hmm? You may want to make it, you know, whatever, you know, put it over here. He may want to put it over there. You know, problems in the Western world are funny compared to third world countries. (laughs) They're less than funny, actually. They're pathetic. So, uh, at any rate, um, so just just we you know we start at a high level in the, in Golok and the relationship between devotees and so forth, sanchari bhavs, and so we take it down. Now we're using different words. Swajati means like-minded, and snigdasya. Snigdasya means affectionate. So we should make a bond with devotees who are like-minded and affectionate. Hmm? And the implication is that we'll flourish in that kind of association. Now, all devotees should be affectionate, but they're not necessarily. And and in in one sense, um, it speaks about the kind of the higher association we should seek. Hmm? Affectionate devotee who's uh, like minded, who attracts us because of able to touch our hearts, touch our minds, and so forth. But it plays out 
in relation to others too. And then we find that, in, oh, they feel that way. You know, everybody tells me their story. And I say, heard that before, you know, that's a familiar story, how you ended up here, you know. They're all pretty familiar, you know, in relation to me. They have similarities. And so, you know, I think, I say, you're in the right place. There's a lot of people around here like that. Just scratch the surface. Everybody's got a, you know, similar kind of a story. A lot of times it wasn't working there, but it was, it seems to work here. It's different. Uh, so, something along those lines. So, so, there, you know, many minds in the marketplace and uh, different ways to to market hmm. and then of course there are imitation products too <laughs> and there are real products that's also there so at any rate uh, on a lower level but in a, in a, in a, not to make any less of it in, in sadhana bhakti we should seek association with like-minded devotees who are affectionate and um, and I think that in the answer to your question, how to cultivate those kind of relationships with devotees is to make them, uh, you know, devotionally centered that much more. Then you have such a deeper reason to be um, uh, uh, related than the other more superficial reasons that you might be together with people. So the time spent... hmm, um, in cultivating relationships with devotees would be best spent if it's pretty focused on on on, on bhakti. If you if you if you're doing bhakti with someone and you, you get you both look at one another and go, Well, that's why we're both here, isn't it? We just heard some talk or some kirtan or something and 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 we do we kinda of go, Wow, yeah, we we have that connection. Hmm? And it's like a, it's very powerful. It's bonding, and you, you, I, I can think of devotees, and even when I say it, they come to my mind over my life. We, we kind of looked and went, "Did you see that? I saw that. You know, did you feel that? I felt that. And we, we were doing the same thing. We heard that, and, what, and so it's these are moments that really go go deep, so to speak, and and create a bonding on a on another level." I have that with certain God brothers who 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 have drifted away and, and whatnot, lacking association, God sisters and so forth, and I I hear them say things that I just can't relate to and 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 so forth. But still, there are things about them that I know that we were there together, you know, that I can never forget. That and I always think of them like that. I recently was speaking with one one devotee like that and. And um, she couldn't, she said, you know, it was somehow we came in touch over something and she she was kind of surprised, but I was remembering and and then, you know, this was like 40 years ago or something like that. And and then immediately there's that kind of um, connection. So, um, so I think... um, you know that that if you are on the other hand, if your association with devotees is rather superficial, and you call it association with devotees because we're both hanging out together and doing mundane things together or something, that's it's not going to have you're not going to afford you the chance to have that kind of deeper experience together, where you were you know shoulder to shoulder and uh, you know you were doing something and. Uh, 
the turbine blew up or something and you went down there together, you know, to fix it and it was raining and this cobra, you know, came on the, you know, on the pipe and there you were, you know. And you both said, Hare Krishna. And the snake smiled, you know, went away. (laughs) Something like that. Um, So, uh, so that's how I would answer your question. Does that help? Yes, thank you. Yeah, what else? Yes. Um, The other night you were talking about um, how some uh, people are called to do social relief work, so to speak, feed the hungry, um, but some people are called to be con- contemplatives. So I was wondering if you could talk a little more about that, about what the what kind of love is a contemplative cultivating, because it, it, maybe it's obvious to some people what kind of love a social activist has, for example, um, and also what is the role of a contemplative in society at large. Well, second part of your question is, in a way, that the, the contemplative is kind of out of the society, hmm? and um, and pointing to a way out of the, of the society, which has sometimes been called a rat race, which I guess it means I don't know they go around like that, you know, in a thing, and it's and they never get anywhere. Um, that's a very material material kind of. Uh, term for samsara it really applies it goes around and around and and um, you never get you never you never get anywhere really so um, I think that that said the contemplative uh, life is quiet <laughs> off to the side and it um, goes unnoticed a good part of the time and is misunderstood hmm? by those often who know the person who took a contemplative path. It's often misunderstood as being, you know, an escape or, or something like that. Um, and uh, selfish, even, it's thought to be sometimes. Um, but uh, th- those are, of course, not um, very accurate understandings of contemplative life. It's a very, you know, it's just a very strong statement that doesn't settle very well with a lot of people, hmm? because it it says to them, I guess, in their minds that, you know, that that uh, you know, when you come up with kind of foolish arguments like that, selfish, and you know, you're copping out, and and and, and so forth. I mean, it, 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 those are very kind of silly responses to that but there's a, there's a fair amount of that it kind of those kind of responses kind of imply that the person who responds like that is feeling you're making them feel uncomfortable and so they have to call you names or something like that uh, it's speaking to them on a certain level that that it's that's that's uncomfortable for them we don't want to make anybody uncomfortable but that's not a reason not to pursue your own calling so to speak and properly understood, of course, um, it is the only way that is 
said to be a focused attempt, um, a disciplined attempt to arrive at, in the least, universal, um, let's say, compassion. Um, it's it's to be a social activist. It's very difficult to uh, arrive at that, and I and and um, I don't think it's maybe maybe it's billed as a way as a way to do that. Um, but I think it's obvious that it that it, it falls short because you, know, you you press down here and it comes up over there. It, it's just it's an impossible situation. Hmm? Not that you shouldn't do good for some group, but um, to do good for all, it's the example is there, and the Bhagavatam gives it. It's very, very pragmatic, very practical. If you want to benefit every leaf on the tree, how will you do it? Hmm? You know, if it's a big enough tree, by the time you start here, putting water on this one, by the time you get over there, this one will be falling off even if watering the leaves worked, and it doesn't. But the very simple truth is, there you pour on the root in one place, and the whole tree is nourished. So this is the idea. It, it, it is really, in one sense, arises out of a sense of caring for the people of the world, although it's centered on oneself, you're one of the people of the world. Hmm? You want to make yourself. You feel I don't care enough. I'm not. You know, I'm. You you think it out and you think I'm ex- exploitive. I'm attached, and um, this attachment is getting in the way of my actually being able to really care and be a whole person and so on and so forth and so. You are thinking of it in relation to other people. It's how you act, how you conduct yourself, and so on and so forth. And you want to overcome that, and the result will be that you'll rise to a platform of really you know, loving your neighbor like yourself. Hmm? I mean, it's just right, that's in the Bible. I mean, it's, it's not in, you know, some... Uh, psychology course. I mean... Uh, uh, it's the full thing, you, 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 that you, how you and how you will do that. So there's some spiritual, otherworldly type of perspective, hmm? some way to see the underlying unity, the, 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 what we have in common. That's we are consciousness, not matter, and so forth. So um, uh, it's uh, so properly understood. It's hardly a selfish affair or um, a cop out. Um, and um, it's marginalized. It's, you know, there's to be a contemplative. You have to kind of get out of the hubbub and hustle and bustle and so forth. And But um, but anyway, such people serve as kind of an example that, 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 that there, is, there is a solution to the, to the problem. Hmm? Uh, I know that said, you, you do have people that use it as a cop-out. Hmm? And... Um, you have both sides. You have the fellow, let's say, who becomes a monastic because he can't cope, and 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 um, and um, he artificially 
renounces and becomes hard-hearted and and um, and um, and then you have the one who 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 become who's at the monastery and says you know I, I I can't I can't deal with the fact that people are suffering I have to leave and help the people both are kidding themselves you know mm-hmm. um, as if it's a higher calling you know he doesn't understand, that person has understood monasticism neither has the first person who's escaping mm-hmm. and escaping and renouncing and and say, just see, you know, I'm Aaron Maya, and I'm renounced, and he's kind of a mean guy, and you meet people like that in ashrams, or sometimes, hopefully not in our ashram. But, and, the, and, 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 and then, you know, there's all these bodhisattvas, you know, they decided to become bodhisattvas. As far as I know, bodhisattva is not a way, it's a goal, it's an attainment. Hmm? Someone who can be a bodhisattva is what's supposed to be in the world forever, saving people, well, that's a saved person. <laughs> so, at any rate, um, the contemplative life is, uh, as much as it's marginalized, it's on the fringe of the society, it's ignored, it's misunderstood. In other way, it's a huge part of the society. Hmm? It's without it, the whole the package is not complete. Hmm? A way out, or a way to understand it properly. Hmm? The whole... Of the of the world and how to interact with it um, in such a way that it's not reactionary, hmm? um, that it doesn't constitute taking, and and thus um, um, resulting in a in a in a in a in a, uh, in a reaction, a binding reaction. So it's it's you know it's art of. Um, it's the art of acting. It's the balancing, you know, that you you come to, so, so that you um, can move in the world, in a sense, and be in it, but not of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, it uh, it needs to be explained to people, um, and it's amazing. It's amazing how, I mean, I've I've met people and said. You know, what do you what do you do? And I said I'm a monk, and they said, "What's that?" Or I'm a monastic. I live at a monast- monastery. What's that? What's a monastery? I kind of heard that term before. What's that? It's just very like, huh? You know, way out there for them. It's shocking to me, but because my whole life I've lived in a monastery, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's a, it's weird. <laughs> it's definitely weird. Um, but it's it's very noble. It's it's and um, and uh, you know it's a commitment to work on oneself to improve oneself. Always talk about improving, helping the world, helping people, and so forth. Um, in one sense, we can only help. We can only give what we have. So, if, and uh, a lot of that also may philanthropic work may may be you know an excuse for not. Working on oneself, changing oneself. I mean, I think social activism, philanthropy is, is pretty pretty noble for most people, and, and those who who are have a disposition for that will appreciate monasticism to, to to some extent, or have some ability to understand the concepts and so forth. There, there, there are some real heavy ones, you know, who won't, who just just you know, they, because they have because they have a they have a, pre, a social activist um, perspective. It's materialistic. 
Hmm? It, which doesn't make any sense to have us. <laughs> I mean, uh, who cares if it's all physical? The caring is illusion. So I was thinking about it the other day. Well, at what point does it become a crime to kill a machine? That's that would that's what we have to come to at some point, and in, in, in materialism, that is physicalism, which says that there's nothing but physical um, matter. That's all there is. So, what's the difference between a coke machine and a human being? They're both machines made out of the same stuff. So, what's you know, you pull a plug on the coke machine, you pull a plug on the person. Was what, what point does it become you know I- illegal or problem and if so it's obviously just a relative construct that machines have decided somehow amongst themselves uh, maybe because when it starts to think about itself that's just kind of how they start to look at it materialism hmm? um, that's a dangerous road to go down uh, people complain about the extent to which religion has caused wars you don't know though the extent to which no religion in the world <laughs> would cause wars. You don't know. It certainly gives you a license to, by way of making every activity completely relative with no overriding, arch- overarching absolute um, consequences. And, 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 a, and a philosophy that says you're living in a world of... of, of Meaning that's just made up meaning, which is just a human construct. It, it, you know, it's 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 not meaning in any in over any absolute sense. That seems very scary to me. And um, so, hopefully, that won't happen. But uh, does that help? Yeah, it's a noble life, a contemplative life, and and it and it and it it also provides an example, uh, you know, for others. That sometimes you got to get tired and go to the oasis, and and um, so it's 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 a very important part of the human society. In but you know, sometimes very valuable things are very small, and not that many people know about them. Prabhupada used to give the example at the dime store they sell jewelry also they don't have dime stores anymore but they used to uh, they, they sell lots of jewelry there but then the real jewels the real diamond that's a s- smaller place and the clientele is limited and it was interested in that there's, there's very few people hmm. so what else I will stop there. So you see, go Nityananda ki jai, Dauji Gopal ki jai, go Radhamadava ki jai, go Bhaktabrinda ki jai, go Premanande.